Go shawty, it's your birthday. We're gonna party like it's my birthday. You guys, what an exciting episode. I have been looking forward to this for days, weeks. I've kind of been celebrating my birthday for like the past month entirely. I'm so sorry to all of my friends that I have been forcing them to celebrate with me. But on September 30th, I turned 24. So if I look or sound a little different, it's because I'm one year older, one year wiser, maybe a little bit more wrinkles. Just kidding, because I get Botox. <laughs> and I'm here today for a very special birthday episode. Um, so before I get started, I wanted to do like a quick little recap and say thank you so much to everybody who came to my birthday event. So I hosted an event at Wonder Bar and it wasn't an official event or anything, but basically I just said, hey, I'm gonna be at this bar. We got some wine sponsored from Babe Wine. They brought like just free cans of rosé, which who doesn't love free wine, of course. And then I just welcomed anybody who wanted to come and celebrate with me. I was so shocked at the turnout. Like, honestly, it made my heart so happy. And it's kind of like a humbling experience because I've never actually done my own event. Um, I went to the event for Bumble and that was like a little bit different because it was obviously sponsored by a different brand. But this was really just my birthday and just people who wanted to come out and hang out. Met so many great girls. And the, I think the coolest thing about it is seeing girls that would come or anybody, I mean, it wasn't just girls, but anybody who came alone and was courageous enough to kind of like maybe stick through that little awkward period of like, ah, I don't know anyone, I'm not going with anyone. I think that is so commendable. Like seriously, there's a girl that I met and I wish so badly that I remember her name. Blonde, very, very sweet, cute girl. I have a picture with her. Um, and I met her and she drove all the way from Dallas alone just to come to my birthday. And I'm like, that is so cool. That just really reiterates how much I enjoy doing this. And I guess like the impact that I make on people's lives that I don't even realize most of the time. So to see people in person and to be able to connect with them and to just feel like we're friends because y'all know so much about me, so cool. I'm really, really looking forward to hopefully being able to do more events um, in Austin, other cities. You know, I've talked about it a lot. Like my main goal is to bring people together in different cities so that you don't feel alone and it's easy to make friends and you're able to find people that you can connect with and have fun on weekdays. Um, so for this very special birthday episode, I wanted to do something kind of different and switch gears a little bit. So I did an Instagram poll where I said, would y'all rather me do like 24 pieces of advice or would y'all rather me do like 24 questions? And so 24 questions won and I'm like, cool, I can relive my middle school days when we would play 21 questions with your middle school crush. You start off really slow. You're like, what's your favorite subject in school? And then it gets into like, who do you like? And then it gets into... Have you ever made out with someone? <laughs> I know y'all know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, I, I might feel like a little bit alone in that experience, but 21 questions, a little bit older style. We're doing 24 questions. So I just wanna kind of like jump right into it. Um, so y'all asked a ton and I tried to pick the most commonly reoccurring questions that were asked. And the first one that was the most common was what was one thing that I learned this past year? And so I think just this entire past year, these entire past year and a half in general, obviously we've all learned a lot about ourselves because of everything that's going on in the world and COVID and being isolated and just learning about ourselves and our friendships, family, just so many things. I think mainly for 23, I learned that you cannot take life for granted 
Um, my sister lost her absolute best friend very, very unexpectedly in a car accident. And I've seen how much like she's really struggled with that. And I lost my nanny um, this past spring. And losing like a family member or someone close to you when it's so unexpected just really makes you realize like, wow, life is so valuable and any single day could be the last one. So I never want to live a day that I regret. And it really does kind of tie back to fun on weekdays in the sense that like I started this because I don't want to live a life where I have multiple days where I'm just like sitting around doing nothing because if tomorrow was my last day, I want to be happy that like I did something fun and entertaining and I did something new um, the day before. So I think if anything, 23 taught me just how valuable life is. And if there's ever anything that you want to do, go do it because you just never know when it could be your last day. And I guess also too with that is like just being really intentional with everything you do because whenever I leave here, which hopefully it's not for many, many years, I want to leave like a legacy. I want people to remember the good things about me and, you know, I want to be impactful. And so, yeah, I guess just losing people and seeing others lose so many people close to them. I think it really just kind of hit home a little bit more when it was someone that was like close to me. So that's the number one thing I learned. Life is valuable. Number two, um, one of the questions is one piece of advice to my younger self. I would say when I was in high school, and if anybody listening to this podcast went to high school with me, I think you could probably even agree to this. I was so caught up on what people thought of me. I wanted to be like the perfect standard girl. Like I wanted to be like the blueprint. That sounds so stupid looking back now, but I was so cautious of what people thought of me. I wanted to like be the best in class. I wanted to be like the it girl. And I put so much pressure on myself to like not actually be who I really was because I was trying to uphold this standard. And I really, really, really wanted people to think that I was perfect. And because of that, it made me so insecure. And then I was projecting onto other people. And what I realized now is that like now that I am so sure of who I am, um, I'm just way more confident and I don't let those insecurities project onto my relationships or, you know, just other people. And so one piece of advice would be to just not care so much about what other, pe other people think. And that's so much easier said than done. Like, don't get me wrong. I still do it. I still look at comments on TikTok and Instagram and messages that people send me and I let people's words get under my skin. And that's something that everybody's going to struggle with at any age. But I wish that I would have known um, like when I was younger, that anything negative that people say to me is just a projection of their own insecurities. And why should I care so much if other people like me if I don't like myself? So that would be my one piece of advice is just like, don't take life too seriously and make sure you like who you are instead of looking for that validation from other people. Like I said, that's really hard to do. That's something I'm still struggling with. So I can't really give advice, but I'm not even like necessarily taking it. But I wish I would have told myself that sooner because when I started really showing who I truly am, like on TikTok and stuff, that's when I started seeing a lot of success. That's when I started attracting the right type of people around me and the right type of energy that I want to put out into the world. Okay, number three, a lot of y'all asked about my five-year plan. I'm not going to lie. I don't really know what a five-year plan is, if that's like a specific like theory, 
But in terms of where I see my future, I mean, I'm 24 now, so five years from now, I'll be 29. And I always had this vision in my head that I was going to get engaged when I'm 23, 24, get married when I'm 25, 26, and start having kids by 27, 28. And I know that sounds very Rachel Green of me right now, but that's just kind of always what I envisioned for my future. And I think that's just because traditionally, I think that's what a lot of people in my hometown kind of do. And that's like what my family did. My parents, they got married super young. And I just, I wanted to emulate that. But the older that I get, the more I realize that like, I don't need to focus on marriage and relationships so much because then it, it decreases your attention and your energy towards other things that can be fulfilling in life. Like relationships are not the only fulfilling aspect of your life. Um, so five years from now, hopefully I will have a house. I'm trying to save up my money right now, which by the way, little plug, I'm in my new apartment. Um, I'm recording on our community floor. So if it's a little echoey, I am so sorry, y'all. I'm trying so hard to work on the sound, but it's really difficult. I'm trying to get a new microphone, trying to get some like headsets in here to make sure that the quality is good for you guys, however you're listening to this. Um, but I just moved into a new apartment and my goal is to move into a house maybe in like the next three years. Um, a lot of people want to know if I want to stay in Austin and I could definitely see myself settling down here, living on Lake Travis, you know, having a nice lake or a house on the lake with a boat. Um, and just kind of starting a family. But realistically, if I set that expectation that I wanna be married and have kids before I'm 29, then I think that I'm setting myself up for something that like I'm gonna be discouraged by. And I'm just going to compare myself at where I'm at in life with everyone else that's doing that. So next five years, I guess the only thing that I really care about is that I feel passionate about what I'm doing. I'm happy with the people that I'm surrounded by. I'm motivated and I'm inspired by them. And hopefully, like, who knows? I could still be doing fun on weekdays, but ideally this will turn into something so much more and I can try to pursue like that full-time brand and start a clothing company that I've always talked about. So I think oftentimes when you plan too far into the future, you forget to live in the moment. And when you're not living in the moment, you're missing opportunities that could lead to greater things. So that's my little piece of advice, a little TED talk action for you. Uh, next question is, I turned 24. What do I want to accomplish by 25? So this is, uh, first of all, I would love, absolutely love to bring a boy home to Thanksgiving or Christmas. Don't get me wrong, we all have that. Like, it sucks when you get older and your family's wondering like, what's going on? What's up with your dating life? And I'm like, you guys, <laughs> I know just about as much as you do. So it'd be great to be in a relationship by then, but also, you know, that's a lot of pressure. Um, I would love to accomplish, like career-wise, I would love to do a, a tour, I guess I would say, of going to at least four different cities and hosting fun on weekday events. Obviously there's a lot that goes into planning that. Like, you know, you have an event space, you have sponsors, you have ticketing, you have merch, you have goodie bags, you have all of that stuff that goes into it. So if I could do four different cities, I would be so happy with that because there's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve. You know, I had my birthday event and that wasn't even a fun on weekdays event. But I think if I do one, kind of get it under wraps, kind of know what to expect and start learning from it. If I could do four by the end, by the time that I turn 25, I would be very, very happy. And another goal is to make fun on weekdays like a top podcast. 
You know, it's very easy, like I've said this before, to be in the top charts when you're a new podcast because platforms are putting you out there. They're trying to give you an equal opportunity, but to stay there is really hard. Um, so the way that we're going right now, I'm, I'm very proud of myself. And sometimes I forget to remind myself of that. Um, so I guess by the time I'm 25, yeah, if I could be a top 100, amazing. Um, I think it's important to set goals that are like very, very high because setting goals that are very achievable is just for gratification. It's just for like instant gratification because it's something that you know you can do. But I think when you're setting goals, you should set yourself super high so that like, you know, you're reaching for the absolute most. So this one is a little bit more light, <laughs> light topic. A lot of people ask about my favorite food, which that's really funny to me. I didn't, I didn't realize that so many people cared about what I eat. I've never done like a day in my life of eating because to be quite honest with you, I have the worst eating habits and I would never want to put that out into the world for people to think that like they should mimic what I do. Um, there's days that I'm like super healthy and I eat salads and water and I do what I'm supposed to do to fuel my body. And then there's days where I go down to the halal truck on Rainy Street and I get, I get my, uh, my halal and I get, um, what's it called? Hummus and pita and I'll eat it in literally like five minutes. So my favorite food, I would say, honestly, carbs, like any carbs, so good. Pasta, mac and cheese. I love Italian food. Um, my all-time favorite, I would say, is probably mac and cheese or fried chicken or fried chicken and waffles. Ugh, it's too hard to pick one. And then going along that, somebody asked what my favorite nostalgic food is, like growing up. So obviously when you get older, you know, you don't have your parents cooking for you anymore which I'm terrible at cooking. So it's hard for me to cook like a nice meal. You know, when I'm cooking at home, it's like dry chicken because I overcooked it and rice that's still hard because I didn't cook it long enough. <laughs> and then maybe like I'll get a little fancy and I'll throw some Brussels sprouts in the oven. So my favorite nostalgic food that my mom used to make all the time is chicken poppy seed. It's like a casserole. Um, it's really not that great for you. It's very fattening, got lots of butter, Ritz crackers on top, cream of chicken soup in it. But oh my God, it's like making my mouth water right now just thinking about it. Um, my mom asked me what I want for my birthday. And I'm like, honestly, I don't want anything. But if I could have one thing, it would be a home cooked meal that she sent to me. Cause I miss it so much. I mean, there's just something about eating dinner at home with your family, so good. All right, next question, number six, that's what question we're on right now, is advice on making a big life change and knowing when it's time. So I think for me, when I realized that it was time for me to quit TikTok was because I just constantly, every day I woke up and I didn't feel fulfilled anymore. I was no longer like inspired and passionate about what I was doing. And I felt like I was just wasting time. And what I was putting into the world was not my biggest capability. And I think another really good indication that it's time for you to move on and you know make a, make a change in your life is when you get too comfortable. Because when you get too comfortable, you're complacent and you're just sitting around letting days waste by that you're not chasing your dreams, you're not pursuing something that you are like very, very passionate about. And so I think comfort can be a really great thing, but it can also be a really kind of not toxic thing, but a thing that sets you back because comfort, it's so easy to stay in that position or to stay in the hometown that you've lived in forever because you know people. You know, there's a lot of discomfort in the unknown, but I think that making those changes, making that leap of faith, you have to trust in yourself 
And those changes are what's going to, you know, bring you opportunities that could potentially change your life. So that's my advice for knowing when it's right. But at the end of the day, you are the only person that knows. You can go to your friends, you can go to your family, you can go to your boss or your mentor, whoever, and you can ask them, what do you think I should do? But it shouldn't matter what other people think you should do. I know it's so hard to not look for that validation from them. And I did that too. So for me to even say this is just hypocritical. But I think you have to have that gut feeling where you're like, something's off. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not as happy as I potentially could be if I did this. So it's important to take risks. And it's scary. But there's always going to be people that are going to support you. And there's always going to be people who are against you. So it's your job to prove those people wrong who are against you. Uh, next one. Let's see. How do I budget my money or advice for saving? I don't know why you guys think that I am a credible source to give y'all any type of advice on this because I'm honestly, it's not that I'm bad at saving money, but I am very frugal. So like, I don't necessarily buy um, like clothes or shoes as much as I used to anymore or makeup. I used to buy makeup all the time. And obviously a lot of that has to do with the fact that like I work with brands that send it to me now, which I'm so grateful for that. I save so much money for it and I love it. Um, but when it comes to like experiences and stuff like that, going out with your friends, I'm, I will spend money. I will spend like $500 if it means it's a good time and it's a good memory. Um, when it comes to budgeting my money though, obviously I have a lot of like expenses, right? So rent is a huge one. Um, and it's important to kind of take out your rent from your paycheck every month, whether that's like a traditional paycheck that you're getting bi-weekly from your corporate job or your, you know, you're relying on tips, whatever it may be. It doesn't matter what your source of income is. Think about what your living expenses are and then think about what your lifestyle expenses are and think about, okay, if you are making, I don't even know, say a thousand dollars a week and you're going out with your friends, you're going to dinner and that costs, I don't know, $500 a week, but your rent is 700. Okay. You have to cut some things out, you know, and then also think about, what are my long-term financial goals? Am I saving enough money so that I can like start a family, build, buy a house, um, send my kids to college if I want to do that? You know, I think it's important to start thinking about your money very, very early because it catches up to you really fast. And ironically, I actually met with a financial advisor a couple of weeks ago and she was telling me, she's like, Jenna, the number one mistake that I see is that people don't start thinking about investing their money or, you know, saving it until they are like 40 or 50. And now they're thinking about retirement and then it's too late and they have all of these years wasted that they could have been investing it and growing it by doing basically nothing. So I think it would be important too, if you wanted to look into a financial advisor, I'm not working with her yet. Um, so the way that works is you have to save a certain amount of money before you can work with her or, you know, whoever it may be. This is just the person that I talk to. Um, and I don't have that saved yet. So I right now am focusing on saving as much as I can and splurging when I want to, because, you know, I work hard. I deserve to treat myself every once in a while. And I like to spend my money on hanging out with friends and doing fun experiences. Life's too short to not do that. Life's too short to worry so, so much about money. And I know that that might not sound great to say, because that's something that so many people struggle with. But there's always so many ways to make money. I mean, you can pick up a second job. You can do freelance. You can walk dogs on Rover. Lily had like four jobs at one point just because she had a lifestyle that she wanted to maintain. And she's like, I'm not willing to give up 
the fun that I'm having and stuff like that, you know, in return for not making, you know, as much money. So that's kind of my advice. Um, the next thing is how has social media negative and positively affected me? So this is a huge one. Obviously, with social media, so much of my life is out in the world. And that is my own, it's not my fault, but like I did that to myself. I wanted people to see so much of my life. And so I have to understand that like when people get invested in certain aspects of it, that was my own doing. <laughs> so I guess one negative is just like dating life. There's so much pressure. And I think that people want to see me happy and I think because of that, there's a lot of pressure on like who I date and how they feel about me. And so when you see a lot of comments that like are picking apart my relationship a little bit, like it really does affect the actual relationship in itself. So I would say like social media definitely negatively affects like romantic relationships and dating and stuff. It can be fun too though. But when people actually know who the person is, it's like, it's a lot. It's so much pressure. It's so much stress on the two of us to when people are like trying to tell you how to feel about each other and they're asking for, you know, an answer of, are you together? What's going on? And I know y'all know what I'm talking about right now, but I would say social media has positively affected me in the fact that like, I have grown so much. I'm so proud of how much more self-aware I am and the person that I am like before a year ago today. I mean, TikTok literally changed my life and that sounds so silly, but like I've never felt so validated when I post a video of me like not wearing makeup or I'm talking about my acne or I'm talking about things that make me so insecure, but then I see other people who are also struggling with it and value that I have a voice to talk about it that they can relate to. I think that like the most positive thing about social media is that it gives you a space to connect with people that you never would have before. And using that space positively um, is just, is key. So <laughs> I'm very grateful for social media, but it can be very toxic. It can be a space where, you know, you go on there and you spend hours judging and comparing yourself to other people. And it's so hard not to do, but then you have to remind yourself that there are people out there who are sitting and comparing themselves to me. You know, so at the end of the day, we're all, we're all people and what you post on social media is not always true. So just remember that. Okay, next question. Do I ever get imposter syndrome? And I actually had to look this up. I wasn't entirely sure what it meant. I'm like, imposter alert. Uh, but basically what it means is like self-doubt. And um, yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, you guys. When I quit my job, even now, this is definitely the number one thing that I struggle with. And it has led to so many challenges in my life. I constantly find myself doubting myself, questioning my worth, questioning my value, and just... I don't know, questioning if I made the right decision all the time. And it's so hard not to do that. I mean, events like my birthday and, and meeting people at in New York, like those are the things that make me realize, okay, this is all worth it. But definitely, I mean, I feel like I also portray myself as this like very confident person. And I, I mean, I am most of the time, but like, I think that confidence is also a facade. I mean, it's what you want people to see. And it's very easy to be unsure of yourself while still also making people think that you are so 100% sure of yourself. So yes, I definitely do get imposter syndrome and I think that's a very normal thing. Um, next question, I love this one. Best advice I've been given or any mottos that I live by? So the number one that I have is make it happen. 
You all know I have that heart necklace that's engraved. It says, make it happen. Um, my high school teacher, her name was Mrs. McIntyre. She told me that all throughout high school is kind of like her tagline whenever she would send emails or post. She was in charge of like our social media for our high school. And I just, I loved that because I was like, you're right. If you want something, go make it happen. Like no one's stopping you from doing that. Literally yourself is the only reason, is the only excuse why you can't accomplish something. So go make it happen if you want it to happen. The other one is from my dad. I grew up, he would drop me off at parties. He would drop me off at school. He would, you know, anytime he would take me anywhere or anytime we left the house, basically, he would always say, make good choices. And I think that's always really stuck with me um, is because even if you're making a choice that's maybe controversial or that other people don't agree with, if it's a good conscious choice from your perspective and your ethics and your like morals, then that's a good choice. And you have to be proud of the choices that you make. And if you're not proud of the choices you make, then, you know, it's going to eat you alive. <laughs> so, and then you're going to have to go back and fix it and heal and trauma and all of that, but making good choices. And obviously there's a lot of situations that you get put in that it's hard. Your, your judgment is clouded. Um, so I think you just have to rely on like your gut instinct. If you're ever in a situation, you know, where you're questioning, is this a good choice or not? You know, think about it. Like, would my parents be upset? Would I be upset with myself making this decision in five years from now? I think that's a better way to put it. Because, um, I mean, yeah, our parents are so important, but you don't always need to rely on them for validation. Think about, would you be proud of yourself years from now? Um, another question, hardest part about working for myself. So obviously, ever since I started doing the podcast full time, I'm no longer on a routine corporate schedule. That's been so freaking hard for me is just to figure out what my schedule is because working for myself, it's just always on. And because my entire life now is revolved around social media, it's kind of like a sad thing because if I take a break from social media so that I can get mental clarity and kind of like refresh, then I'm not posting and then like posting is what is making me money essentially, you know? Um, so it's really hard to remind myself, like what's a good balance between working personal and then also just like spending time with friends and people around me. Um, another hard thing about it is just not a lot of people understand like the place that I'm in. So I often feel very lonely and like, I don't know. It's not that I think that I'm in a completely different situation than most people, but it's really hard to relate to my friends who don't really understand like social media aspect and the stress that it puts on like your own mental health just with like comments alone. But then also like the capacity of myself to be like making merch and recording these episodes and then uploading the episodes and then going and traveling and finding guests and making scripts. And then while also meanwhile posting them, making marketing materials, you know, and I'm not complaining in any any way at all. It's just all so new to me. So for right now, I think there's a lot of a learning curve. And that has unfortunately made me fall back on a lot of things that I have committed to doing. So for example, like if I have a deadline and I'm working on so many other projects, I'm not the best at managing my time. So there's a lot of things that like I just don't end up doing. And I hate feeling like I'm not committing to something that I committed to. Like if I'm, if I'm gonna say I'm gonna do something, I wanna do it to the absolute best of my ability. Next question, and I feel like this kind of goes back to something I've talked about before, but people ask me what my favorite age has been. 
And honestly, I feel like every single year that I'm a different age has brought a completely different thing to my life. And I don't really have a favorite age. I mean, obviously, when you're younger, you don't have the stress of like adulting and whatever. But I think that every single year that I've lived, there's been like a really amazing lesson that I've learned or an accomplishment that I've had. Um, I would say 23 was definitely my biggest year of growth for sure. But also, um, I talked about this in a video one time. I'm like, I just don't think that I'm ever going to have like a favorite age. I want to be continuously peaking. Because if I always look back on a, on a time of my life where I'm like, oh, I wish I could go back then. No, I want to be looking forward and being like, I cannot wait until I am whatever age and I have like a family and whatever. Like, I think it's important to not dwell on the past. Um, and if you're living in the moment, taking off, you know, you're taking advantage of everything that life has to offer. I think that you love every single year of your life. Oh, that was kind of sweet of me. <laughs> okay. Um, oh my gosh, you guys, we're, we're nearing the end. So this one is, would my younger self consider my current self a role model? I think this is a question that I ask myself all the time. Like, I really strive to be somebody that if I was 16 years old, if I was 21 years old, if I was 30 years old, I don't even care if I'm younger than I am now. I want to look back on who I am right now and be proud of who I am and inspired and motivated by who I am. And I would definitely say that I am for sure. I am very proud of myself. Um, I would definitely consider myself a role model. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess that's like a really interesting take on it is like, I don't know if I necessarily have like a role model per se of someone who's like me, like a girl in her mid twenties, you know, starting a career like this, I would say maybe Lauren Bostick. She's definitely paved the way and given me like a lot of advice and just seeing what she's been able to accomplish as far as a like career type um, role model. But yeah, I guess that's a really fulfilling thing too, is when people say that I'm a role model to them, like that's probably the biggest compliment. So yeah, definitely. I would, I would definitely say that I'm, I would be a role model to myself if I was younger. Um, the next question, and I kind of talked about this a little bit before, but a lot of people said, how are you so confident and how do you become more outgoing? And I think the answer to that is you have to be like, okay with being uncomfortable sometimes. Like for example, the girls who came to my birthday party completely alone, like that, I'm sure that's not an easy thing to do, but putting yourself in those situations has a much greater outcome of like, what's, what's the payoff here? You know, like you could have a kind of awkward night and never talk to these people ever again and never see them again, who cares? Or you could go to this thing, put yourself out there and maybe feel a little uncomfortable for a few minutes, but you could walk out there with a new best friend. You could meet your husband that night. You could meet your maid of honor. You just really never know. And so I think every time that I'm like feeling insecure about putting myself in a social setting, um, I, I think back to that. And then also in terms of confidence, like I think the most important thing is knowing that you cannot find confidence from other people. That's something I've really struggled with. I think a lot of people struggle with is just looking for other people for validation all the time. Like people telling me that I'm pretty or people telling me that I'm hardworking or people telling me that I look good and fit. Like those things only last so long and it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day if I don't believe it myself. And so that's something I struggled with so hard at the beginning of the year, like 2021, I mean, I was quarantined. I noticed I started gaining weight. I didn't like how I looked. I hated like everything about myself. 
And I never shared that really with people because I think that people expected me to be like this very confident person. And then I did eventually make a video one time actually about it, about like a day in my life. I wake up, I barely have energy to put on makeup. I still hate how I look. I don't feel confident to get on phone calls. I don't feel like I'm excelling in my career because I'm not like confident in myself. And then I really took a lot of time to focus on bettering like my physical and mental health, surrounding myself with people who bring that out of me and stopped, I stopped making excuses for why I felt a certain way, um, which is kind of like a perfect segue into therapy. I think that therapy is something that before, maybe like a few years ago, people never really talked about. Um, and now I think it's so important. I mean, mental health is literally like the number one drive of your confidence and your own stability and your capabilities to succeed in life. You know, you have to put yourself first. This very special birthday episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is professional online therapy with a very broad range of experts who can help you take control of your mental health. I've talked about therapy a lot in this episode because I think it's really important that you can find someone that you trust, that you can talk to about all of the things you're struggling with. Whether it's your own self-confidence, maybe you're scared to make a big life change, Maybe it's your career, your friendships, your relationships, whatever it may be, BetterHelp is here to be that person for you. You can start communicating with a professional online in under 48 hours, and it's so much more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Because I think it's so important that we all take care of our mental health, Fun on Weekdays listeners get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash FOW10. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash FOW10. All right, let's get back to the episode. Another question, a lot of people are very interested in being like an influencer or getting into the social media space and blogging and stuff like that. So a lot of people wanted to know the secret behind where I got to where I am now or advice to anyone who wants to kind of get into this. I think number one, the most important thing is be yourself because there are so many people out there on the internet who just post cute pictures. You know, but at the end of the day, that's not, that's not like relatable. That's not what's going to get people invested in you and like want to be your friend or want to be inspired by you. Maybe from like the fashion sense, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I guess it does. I guess I should say it depends on what kind of personality you want to be. Um, but for me, I got my success by literally just being myself. And when I saw that people were celebrating me being myself, it encouraged me to show more of myself to be more vulnerable. And then like those videos where I am opening up about my insecurities are the ones that are really resonating and relating to people. And I think that's why people come to me or listen to me just like you are right now is because I share those things that I don't think a lot of traditional influencers um, necessarily did. And I think honestly, that's just the power of TikTok. You know, we have this platform now where you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be like with a filter on and a full face of makeup because realistically those videos don't even they don't like perform as well for me my videos that like do really well are just ones that are focused around my personality and I'm very very grateful for that so that's my number one tip is just be yourself um yeah be yourself 100% and be sure of who you are too um don't let people's comments or anything like that deter you from who you are because you're the only person that knows who you are and you can't let other people tell you Otherwise, you lose sight of yourself so quickly. Um, I know from experience. <laughs> okay, let me look through these. 
I think this, I think these might've been all of the questions. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I got a few more. Another one. How do I let go of the fear of failure? So I always think about it. Like you could fail, but who cares? That's going to teach you something that's going to lead to growth. You could fail and like, yeah, it might set you back a little bit. It might knock you down a pedestal, but like, that's okay. You have to fail in order to grow. Um, and I think once you let go of that and you recognize that you'll stop keeping yourself from pursuing things that you want to do just because you're scared of it. Like I said, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Otherwise you're going to live this average life that you're never going to be content and satisfied with. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I was just yelling at you guys. I swear I wasn't. Okay. Um, next one, my biggest regret. Um, okay. I would say this might be TMI and I'm like way past this now, but when I had a boyfriend for six years in high school, um, I got to a point in college where I was just like really, really insecure. You know, we were doing long distance. I was not myself and I was really leaning on the relationship for validation instead of finding it in my, in myself. As you guys can tell, there's a very common occurrence of needing validation throughout this podcast episode. Um, and there, there came a time where I was looking for attention because I wasn't getting it from, you know, the person I wanted it from. And so, oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I kissed another boy when I was dating him and I, I've regretted it literally ever since. I've regretted it not because of the relationship ending, but because I hurt somebody that I cared about so, so much and that I ruined like a friendship and a relationship that I valued so much just because I was insecure. Like that's what I regret the most. But what I don't regret is what it led to because me after that situation, that's when I moved to Austin. That's when I like really, really rediscovered myself. And it wasn't until that happened that I got out of that relationship that I was able to just like be completely Jenna, not Jenna with a boyfriend, not Jenna's blah, 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 like just me. So I don't regret it for that aspect, but I do regret more than anything hurting someone that I loved. Um, oh, that makes me so sad. If he's listening to this, I know someone's probably going to send him this. Um, hope he's doing well, like not on bad terms anymore either. So it's great. And I would love to do an episode about like how I got over that. Um, cause heartbreak is hard. And that kind of goes into this next one, which is advice for being content with being single. So they always say that the right person doesn't come along until you're not looking for them. And I think that we put so much pressure on trying to find a boyfriend or someone to date before a certain age so that you can follow this timeline and the expectations that you've set for yourself. And that's just not realistic. Like every time that you set expectations and timelines, you're never going to live up to them and you're going to be disappointed. So I think my biggest advice with being content with being single is, would you want to date yourself? I know I would want to date myself. I know what I bring to a relationship. I know that I would be a great partner, but if you're not great to yourself, like literally you have to date yourself. That sounds really silly, but like actually take yourself on a date, spend time with yourself. If you wouldn't want to date yourself, why would anybody else want to date you? And I said the same thing about friends. If you wouldn't want to be your own friend, then why would anyone else want to be your own friend? And that's the exact same thing about relationships. And I think once you are content and happy with dating yourself and you feel, you feel fulfilled by yourself, that's when the right person's going to come along because you're no longer looking for fulfillment and you're no longer like clinging to someone to make you happy because you're so happy yourself that that person will only emphasize that, you know, it'll only enhance like the happiness that you have. And I think it's really important that 
you two are your best selves alone so that when you come together, you just complement each other and you don't rely on each other to be your best selves. Oh my gosh, that was such good advice. Wow. Honestly, I need to take that advice for myself. I'm so much better at saying advice than I am for taking it myself, but I feel a little bit motivated by myself. I got like goosebumps. <laughs> okay, uh, the next few ones. Best advice to get over an ex. This kind of goes along with that as well. So what I did was every time I wanted to talk to him, I would open the notes app in my phone. And if I ever wanted to text him, I would text in the notes app because that way I can go back and I can read those texts to myself and be like, thank God I never sent that text. So when I had broken up, well, when I got broken up with my six year relationship, I kept pining for him to like want to be with me. And I just kept thinking if I show him that I've changed and you know, that like I'm happy and content and I'm secure with myself now and I can be in a good relationship that's healthy, if I can show him that, then he'll want to be with me. But the only way I can show him that is by giving him updates on my life and what I'm doing. And I'm like, when I did text him, I wasn't getting the responses I wanted. So, and then like not getting the responses that you want drives you insane. It literally plays mind games with yourself and it's your own problem because you texted him. Stop texting him, you guys. Stop texting him. Because if he wants to come back, he will come back. So all you can do is open your notes app, type to yourself, eventually look back on it one day and think, wow, I've grown so much. I'm so glad I never sent those texts. Or you can look back and be like, wow, our relationship has progressed so much because look how I used to talk to you and look where our dynamic is now. Or it can be the opposite where it's like, look how happy I used to be with you and now I'm not. And you have actual documentation of that. You can like read back and then you can kind of compare like where your relationship is with them now. So I think talking to yourself is literally the best thing. Also therapy, like literally talk to somebody who is a completely unknown source. They have no bias. They don't know you personally. They're, I mean, there's a lot of value in talking to someone that doesn't know you because they'll, they'll tell you maybe not like what you want to hear, but like what you should hear and what's going to help you and what's going to help you heal. Um, I mean, they're a professional. And I think a lot of times we lean on our friends for them to tell us what to do, but our friends are not a professional and they don't know any better than we do. So that's what I would say in terms of getting over an ex and just, you know, date yourself, like have fun with yourself, take it as an opportunity. If you want to go kiss other boys, go ahead and do that. If that is fulfilling you and making you feel like you're getting the attention you deserve, by all means do that. I mean, if you want to sleep with guys, do that, but like do it because it's making you like feel better and it's not something you're, you're going to regret. Like don't just do it for the short-term validation because I promise you sleeping with other guys or going out with other guys or doing things out of spite because you want to make your ex jealous or like just because you feel a void, it's only going to make that void feel so much bigger because you're not going to have an emotional connection with that person and you're going to realize, why did I just do that? And you're going to regret it. I know. I know from experience. Not saying I'm like, you know, messing around, but <laughs> okay. Um, a little bit lighter note. I think we have two more questions left and then I'll leave y'all to continue on with your day. Next one is favorite places to shop. If you follow me on TikTok, basically everything I own is from Nasty Gal. Um, if I'm like going out or I'm wearing something kind of like girly, it's usually from Nasty Gal or Princess Polly. I love shopping there. It's affordable. I literally hate, I hate it because it's like, fast fashion, you know, I hate to support that, but like also we're all bought on our budget, you guys. 
And whenever I wear things, like I want to be able to share those things with you that are affordable. I don't ever splurge money on like clothes or stuff like that. I know I should. It's always good to invest in like a good pair of jeans, good pair of shoes and stuff. But when I'm sharing stuff with you guys, I, I want to make sure it's like affordable for you. So I'd say Nasty Gal, Princess Polly, ASOS has so many dresses. Um, ASOS is a really great one. I think they have pretty fast shipping. I don't order from them as much as I used to in college, but they just have so many products that sometimes it's like, it's a sensory overload. You don't even know what you're looking at. Um, and then as, in terms of like sportswear, because I'm usually always wearing leggings and a sports bra, Outdoor Voices, Lululemon, and Aloe Yoga. I mean, I feel like those are like the top three anyways, but I feel like they all have very different kind of styles. Um, and I basically live in like sportswear, unless you see me right now and I'm like dressed up or I'm going somewhere. Uh, so those are my favorite places. And then my last question I wanted to answer was what is the most memorable or sentimental birthday gift I've ever gotten? And I just want to give a quick plug to my best friend, Lily, my roommate. She's moving out in literally a week. I, like even thinking about that is going to make me cry. I have goosebumps right now. I have genuinely never had a friend that is just so thoughtful and so caring and just so sweet. So for my birthday, um, she knew that this week was like really hectic for me. We're going to ACL, the music uh, festival. I have a friend in town. I'm, I'm getting ready to go to LA for a week. It's had a lot going on. And so she was like, Jenna, why don't you and I just go to dinner um, for your birthday like last week? And so all day, I just thought it was gonna be a girl's day. And I just thought we were going to get like drinks at a rooftop or something, just, you know, a casual dinner. And turns out, and she did this so well, I don't know how she planned it. We go downstairs and we have this like limo waiting for us, which is so funny because we take limos like everywhere we go when we have parties. My guy Rufus at West Campus Limos, it's cheap. It's a for, you know, it's affordable. It's fast. It's usually pretty good for like, if you need a last minute ride. And also it's just fun to have everybody in the same car. It's sometimes it's cheaper than Ubering. So she got a limo, open the door and like all of my closest friends are in there and they don't tell me where we're going. And we pull up to Pizza and Park in Austin, which is this like go-karting, putt-putting arcade place that I always try to tell my friends to go to because I'm like, you guys, this is so fun. It, it's like childhood fun. And not that my friends don't ever want to go, but like she planned that for me specifically. And I just, I thought that was the sweetest thing ever. I've never really had someone plan something like that for me. And I just know that our friendship is going to last completely beyond the years. Like she'll be in my wedding someday. And I feel like it's the end of an era and it's so, so sad, but that's definitely the most like thoughtful thing that anyone's ever gotten me or did for me for my birthday. Love Lily. <laughs> All right, y'all, I got a stack of, I got a stack of papers here and I think I've answered all of your questions. Correct me if I'm wrong. You can go back and count all of the answers. Um, but that pretty much wraps up the episode. But it would never be complete if I don't tell y'all your fun activity to do for the week. So riding off of that last question, I think you need to go putt-putting or go-karting or to like an arcade. Um, I don't know if you have one near you. Try to find one or maybe you can do it on your own. Maybe you could go to like... Um, a golfing range. <laughs> That's cheap, I think. Um, not necessarily like putt-putting, but along the same lines. Um, it's just so fun. You get to kind of relive your childhood a little bit. And I think that's important too when, when we're adults, you know? 
So grab a group of friends and go. That's my suggestion of what to do this week for your fun on the day activity. And I'm really excited to be back next week. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna tell you what next week's topic is gonna be, but I do have a lot of fun things planned. Uh, you know, Halloween is coming up. We gotta talk about that. We gotta talk about moving into my new apartment, of course. Um, I have my best friend, Emily, from high school in town. I really want you all to meet her. So stay tuned for the next coming weeks. Really excited to talk to you again. And thank you so much for all of your birthday wishes and all of your love. And that's it. See y'all next Tuesday.